It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and as always, excited to spend some time with you on a Sunday morning here on WTSM 97.9, your Sports Monster. We're on Sunday mornings from 6 to 7. We talk about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and what God is doing in his glorious kingdom. This is show number 1009 tonight. And actually this morning, because we pre-record at night, do the show on Sunday mornings. I have to remember that. Rules, we don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another, and that has worked out real well over all these years. And I am just privileged to have Brother Larry Perry back in the studio with me. He is a pastor of Freedom Church here in Tallahassee, actually just right down the road from where we're recording here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Brother Perry, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Jack. It's great to be with you again. It's been a while, and yeah. uh, we'll we'll try to have a conversation, and maybe be uplifting some oh, folks this morning. Yeah, we're we're near neighbors. Yeah, we and, are. Uh, you know, of all the churches in, in town, you are about as close as, as anybody. I mean, there may be. I think there's a little church right around the corner from us here. But uh, I've always considered uh, Freedom Freedom Church, or as one time you were known as First Assembly. That's correct. As yeah. being being our, our neighbor. Yeah, and of course, I've known most of the. Well, actually. Uh, you've been there a long time, and then Brother Brother Hughes before you, because right. I knew him, and it was always good to have fellowship and that sort of thing. So it was good to have you here. And uh, Brother Free, uh, Brother Perry, you have been almost 25 years yes. in, uh, here in the Tallahassee area. Yep. And I think the last time that you were here, we kind of kind of got off on that a little bit about the Tallahassee area and, and um, different aspects of church and church life and pastoring and what that's like. But now... We're in a time that I've never experienced before. Yes. It's it's not like anything else in, in the years that I've been pastoring. Now, I've been pastoring the Open Bible Church, which is now known as Freedom Road, for 42 years. Yeah. And uh, this is not like anything I've ever experienced before. Yeah. So, it's, it is the most unique season that I've ever experienced. And it's really challenging for a lot of people. Right. Uh, people of faith. And yeah, I don't care who you are. This has been challenging. And there's some a lot of lessons we can learn, a lot of things that we've done right, and a lot of things we've probably done wrong. Right. You know? Because the truth of the matter is, is that uh, we have this virus, this pandemic that's going on, that in a lot of ways it's been way overblown. But on the other hand, people have died from it. That's correct. Yes, and so you have to you have to weigh both of it as such uh, as to how you're going to deal with it, how you're going to approach it. Uh, we have some states that are just churches are not even allowed to meet. Yeah. Unfortunately, which is very sad. <laughs> we live in Florida, and I'm, yeah. I'm thankful that we're not experiencing that. But even in the beginning of as the pandemic became revealed to us. Everybody had to react to different ways. Right. And uh, at Freedom Road, we just said, well, what I said as pastor, I just told the people, I said, well, y'all make up your mind. I said, I'm going to be here. And if it's just me, I'll have church. <laughs> and uh, some came, some did not. Some still have not come back. And uh, how, how have y'all experienced it at Freedom? Yeah, we've we've done fairly well. You know, when they shut down to begin with, we were closed for a couple of weeks. And then we opened back up and mostly online. And then uh, gradually people began to come to church. Uh, we're probably at about uh, 50% of what right? we were Still. before. Yeah. And uh, most people are listening online and we try to provide that for them. And the, what I tell people is this. Listen, I don't know what your circumstances are, your situation. I trust you to make the right judgment for yourself. And if you need to stay home because of some ailments that I don't know about or whatever, you do that. I'm going to love you. I'm going to care for you. <laughs> and you can tune into the show and, I'm, you know, the, the online service. And we can worship God together via right. online. Right. And it works. Now, were you all doing online before this we had just stepped into it okay so the learning curve came real quick <laughs> <laughs> yeah i bet it did yeah well see i'm just now getting to that point now we 
We did a, a few in the beginning, and then I didn't really have anybody really to take it over and do it, and I'm not all that technical, and so it just kind of fell by the wayside. But now, uh, as people are telling me who attend my church, that this is going to be a while before they come back. So I've, I've told my, my board, I said, well, we need to get this thing going. Right. Because yeah. it's it's not – so I've just kept thinking it's just going to end, but it doesn't seem to be. A lot of us did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. So what do you – you do a Facebook or – we. We do Facebook and we do it online live uh, through our web page. And, um, and, and that's the two main outlets we use. And uh, do you, do, you uh, do the whole service, music and preaching and everything? Yeah, it's an hour long. We try to limit it to an hour okay. uh, online. And, uh, and it, it seems to flow pretty good. Uh, and like I said, about half our people watch online. And uh, that's, that's a good thing. Uh, you know, uh, financially, it's been a strain for a lot of churches during sure. the season uh, because people, you know, if they're not there, they're not able to give and so on and so forth. We support missions in a big time way, and we haven't been able to do that to have missionaries in and come right, and right. present their need and take offerings and all that kind of stuff. So in those regards, it's really hindered us to accomplish some of the things we do. But we're able to do some ministry to help people. Okay. You know, we got a food pantry going on. We got a uh, ministry to veterans that we uh, launched during this time. Uh, matter of fact, Saturday, we're going to Veterans Village here in town and going to feed the guys and give them a bunch of toiletries and socks and a bunch of other stuff. And just take trying to take care of the people who might need a little help, yeah. a little hand. That reminds me, I had a brother on the on the show here a few weeks ago, and his name is Joshua Grimes, which you don't know him, but he, he's our uh, regional director in Eastern Region of the Open Bible. And he talked about when he was pastoring that his concept was to pastor the community. Right. And uh, and I can't say that, well, that's totally unique, but the way he presented it, it, it caused me to start thinking about that whole concept, and this is what you're talking about here. Yes. Uh, taking care of the, the veterans' uh, village or, or whatever it is, uh, feeding the homeless or whatever. Now you say you have a feeding closet, which you're working with Second Harvest. That's correct. To, yeah. Every a, every Wednesday afternoon, uh, someone can come get food from four thirty to six o'clock, and uh, we'll load them up with probably th- about four or five days worth of groceries. But that's a big uh, undertaking to yeah, do that. It yeah. is. We give <laughs> a lot of food away. And are you? I, I'm, I'm assuming that you've had to install freezers and oh, yeah. all this kind of stuff. Yeah. One of my best friends. Is a, a pastor's in Deland, and he's okay. and he started doing this a few years back, and he's big time with it. I mean, he's 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 put in a, a shed out there, a big old building, and put freezers in it and all this kind of stuff. And man, I said that's a big thing. But are you finding that it's just really filling a need? Yes, there's a, there's a lot of hurting people, and uh-huh. uh, a lot of people need uh, some assistance from time to time, especially with COVID. Now, one of the things about Tallahassee, we've been insulated from a lot of the trouble that they've had in the rural areas uh-huh. because most state employees kept getting a paycheck for the most part. Oh, yeah. And out in the rural area, when the construction job shuts down, they're not getting paid. When right. they're, you know, so we have been blessed in a lot of ways uh-huh. in relationship to COVID uh, because of the, the financial stability that the government employees and the government itself bring right. to our, our city. Our county, but now, as as being in the rural areas, are, are, are these people coming to some? To your, are, yeah, think? we get we get several people. Uh, you know, uh, technically, uh, we're not supposed to serve anybody but people that are in Leon uh, certain counties. But you know, if someone comes in hungry, uh, we give them food. Compassion says, yeah, yeah feed them right. But uh, now, do you get a chance to have dialogue? Because I know they're they're coming, and are they getting out of their cars? Or? No, we've we've changed that. It used yeah. to be they got out of the cars, we'd talk with them, chat with them. Now we just let them stay in the cars. Oh. We do chat with them from the window, right? And some of them were wearing masks and stuff. Uh, but we just load their car up, greet them, bless right. them, ask them if there's anything we can pray about. Okay, so life. so you are having some dialogue in that right. that way, and uh, so it it's a neat little thing, and. Uh, uh, there's been a few uh, food pantries closed over the last year because of the, the challenges, but we've been very fortunate uh, to have a crew 
that's just fateful and going to make it happen. And so, how many people does it take to operate this thing? Uh, about seven, eight people. Okay. And do you generally have the same ones every, every time? I have one guy in charge, and he's an ex uh, ex uh, produce manager at a grocery store. Okay. <laughs> and uh, God just blessed him with the gift of managing groceries, and he's still managing groceries for me. It's beautiful. But, but yeah, but but if he has a passion for this, that's the key. He is awesome. It, 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 like like yeah. my friend in, in the land. I mean, he's passionate about it. Yeah. And because uh, this man. He loves to cook. Oh, there and, you and, go. And uh, he, if he had his way in life, he'd be a, a restaurant chef to d- this day. But God called him into the ministry yeah. instead. And, and, and whenever we have events with a region or whatever, he loves to, to cook for us. So he just loves food. Right. And so yeah. it's just a niche for him. And he loves the whole concept of ministering to people that way. But you have to have somebody with passion yeah. to really make something like that successful. Yeah. And boy, you're sure thankful when you have that person. You bet. Yeah, church to do this. You bet. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. So as we are, as they say, we're in a unique season in time. How are you finding that people are receiving the gospel? Is it more so? Are they more in tune? Or what's what's happening? Well, as you see it, you know, last year I called it the trifecta hit the whole society: Uh, COVID, George Floyd. And the election. Okay. And all three of those things kind of merged into one year and sandwiched, sandwiched us in a lot of ways. And um, that that has, in a lot of ways, hindered uh, freedom. Uh, people are a little apprehensive at receiving you. Uh, they don't know you. They don't. So you really had to come back to, even in the church, the basics there's been a lot of things we've stopped doing that were just the fluff mm-hmm. and stuff that you kind of would like to keep doing, but you can't because of the circumstances. So we've it really has caused us to focus in on the essentials okay. of worship, the word, and uh, creating modes of discipleship that people can participate in the atmosphere that we are. Now, my curious mind won't let me get past asking what is the fluff? When you say you had to eliminate some of the fluff, what was that? Well, uh, well, we couldn't gather like we normally would. You know, a lot of the fellowship, uh-huh. the meals and okay. ladies groups and men's groups getting together and cooking in the back and stuff. We had, I mean, people just weren't going to come out to right. that. Yeah. So we had to kind of, and just, not do that and create other avenues. And uh, we do have some small sep- uh, discipleship groups, uh, but a lot of our, we have a Sunday school class that does online only and uh, some small groups that are online only. And uh, that just kind of helps keep people moving in the right direction. Uh, this Easter, we're doing something very unique where we're doing a, a 40 day devotion leading up to Good Friday. And we're going to have a Good Friday worship service. So uh, each of our staff members have taken five to eight minutes, uh, a certain scripture that comes out of the last seven days of Jesus' life. And for 40 days, we're doing a podcast, a devotional podcast uh, that puts us all on the same page, going through the same scripture every day, and then come Good Friday, we'll come together and have a celebration, so a the, worship So service. the Good Friday will actually be in attendance. It, it yes. Will, it won't be on a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're going to do some baptisms that night, and we're just going to we're going to blow right, it out of right. the water. So but, it's going to be the, good. But the podcasts are, are all leading up to that. That's correct. And uh, now, are these going out to people other than your congregation? Anybody can subscribe. Uh, to the podcast and uh, the easiest way to do it would be to go to our website okay which is freedomchurch.life and on that home page you can scroll it's 40 days a journey to the cross and you can subscribe with apple spotify or watch it right there or listen to it right there on uh, the web page now do you think that uh, we'll ever go back to say the way we used to do things before all of this? Has this changed us forever? Uh, no, it hasn't changed us forever. Uh, I think gradually we'll move back to doing some things. I don't, there are some things I don't think that most churches will pick up again because, you know, we're bad about 
keeping things just because we've always done things, <laughs> whether they're successful or not, or right. bear fruit right. or we anything do. else. We, we just keep yeah. we just keep doing what we know to do, and that's not always healthy. Changes. Change comes, it's necessity happens in the midst of change, but it also creates an opportunity for the church to be creative again. Uh-huh. And I think that we lose that when when we're just stagnant and we're just doing the same thing over and over and over again. I think God is a creative God. I mean, look around at creation. Right. And the Holy Spirit hovered over and created everything we see outside, and it's beautiful. And I think the the, the beauty of what God wants to do, I think, is to create some new avenues, to create some new moments and encounters with Him through channels that probably haven't even been invented yet, but they're coming. Oh. Because I think the church is getting re- this somehow prepared the church to do things that it normally wouldn't do, which always leads to initiative and innovation. Uh-huh. And we talk a lot about that in relationship to business. But in the church, I mean, there is a there is room for innovation for the proclamation of the gospel in different ways and tracks that I think has not happened in a long time. And the explosion of that is about to seize the church, which I think and I believe in my heart that we're getting ready to see a revival of some sort Uh I'm just expecting that because I think people are hungry. But how do you how do you track things? I mean, as far as okay, people are, are watching or they're listening online or whatever. How do you track it? How do you know if if you're hitting the target? If people are responding to the gospel? Well, the beauty of technology is I know everybody that watches. I can count the numbers of the people, the computers, the phones that are watching our show. Okay. I know. Uh, for example, the first podcast we did, I know 208 people listened to that podcast, which is, you know, we, we're a church. And when I consider some families huddled together to watch that, we probably had 300, 350 people listening to that first podcast. And, so, and a lot of these would have been people who didn't necessarily go to, to your church. church or whatever. That's correct. Yeah. So the the impact of technology, if we can seize that as the church, can be very beneficial right. in in helping people know God. Now, as a podcast, that's just voice. That's correct. Right. Because we we podcast this show and, and we put nice. over this show and the and my daily broadcasts are done on podcast. Can't do the music show. We're, right. If we can figure that out, I'd love to do that. But yeah. uh, but like I said, we don't know. I mean, who who listens to it or who, who accesses it, whatever. So you you did this through your church. You put it on a podcast and you put it out there and, and you had no idea who all was going to respond to you. But people did, even though they don't go to your church. So how did they find out about that it was uh, there? We, we promoted it on Facebook and family and friends of our church posted it on their Facebook and um, mainly through Facebook yeah. and web. So you all work on the technology. We're trying. <laughs> well, that's know, important. I, the beauty of it is I have a couple young staff guys that are just all there. You it, go. And they yeah. love doing it. And, uh, and I pat them on the back and but, uh, do all I can yeah. for them. What, what about you? How, how are you developing in the whole technical technological uh, realm? Well, uh, one of the things I've started was um, a little podcast on my own called The Day of Encouragement. Okay. And uh, I just take scriptures and talk about that and uh, and just trying to create avenues of of connection with people so that they can connect with God. But now you, you've done this all on your own. I mean, you, you set it up, or did you have a little help with that? Or? Well, some of the younger guys helped me and <laughs> stuff. Go. But, you know, it still takes a little effort to produce it and, sure, you know, sure. to create yeah. the dialogue and all yeah. that. And, and really – COVID created a lot more work for me than just doing church as normal Uh because we had to think outside the box. And when we do that, it it does challenge you to do things differently because you had to. Uh And uh, because and, and the bottom line of that, all of that innovation, all of that doing technology so you can reach people is that people matter to God. Uh huh. But now here's the thing, though. 
again, I'm going back to being able to measure results okay. because we're, you know, we're praying for a revival. We're praying that the the gospel gets in the hearts of people as a, a Mark chapter four tells us, and the sower went forth to sow, and we're we're sowing. So, finding the results of that, so that we know, are we doing it right? Are we do we need to change something? How, how do you monitor that? Well, um, we live in a world where you get instant feedback, and people will let you know whether they like it or not pretty quickly. And they'll, they'll maybe put it on Facebook, so post it yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, and the beauty of that is, you manage a Facebook page or you manage a website. People post things you don't like, you can delete them. And some people out there are pretty rude, pretty crude. But you have to manage those right. sites. Right. You have to manage what people post because um, everybody has an axe to grind at some yeah. point in their life. And they need time and patience to walk through that and get beyond that or they get stuck. Right. But see, my question is, is it is there a hunger? I'm talking about in, in society for the, for the gospel. Is it there? Is, 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 there, is there a generation that's seeking? Well, I, I think what's happening, and we're seeing the implosion of, I think we're seeing the implosion of the philosophies of this world. When you see the contentious political atmosphere, the contentious racial atmosphere in our world, and you would think that education, uh, politics and all that had gotten beyond all that and it wasn't the answer and it's a great opportunity for the church to say here we told you all along you need Jesus and Jesus is the answer uh -huh. and uh, I have people in my church who have had to walk through hellacious things but God brought them through uh -huh. you know I got a lady in my church her, her mom was murdered mm. I got to lay. I mean, I could go down through a whole right, list, right. but God is faithful. Now, there are those who would say, well, religion is just a crutch. Well, the truth is your science may be your crutch. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> your That's your true. money right. may be your crutch. Right. right. God has designed us to need each other and to need him. And if you don't seek God, you will replace that desire, that hole in your heart with something else, whether it be sex, whether it be knowledge, whether it, whatever, you're going to replace that with something thinking that you don't need God. But in the end, we're all going to die. And God created this world to walk in relationship with people. When you see the beginning of Scripture, he walked with Adam in the cool of the day. His desire was to walk with his created person in his image. And the only thing that was not good in God's creation was Adam was alone. Uh. And he created Eve. Right. And one of the things, the tragedies of COVID is it's created a lot of loneliness. Oh, my. I did the statistics yeah. the other day that if you're under the age of 55 in Tallahassee, you're more likely to die from suicide than COVID. Wow. And that is a staggering thing when you realize what happens when people get lonely. Wow. They make wrong choices. We are designed to be in relationship with people. And when we don't walk in those kind of relationships, we get isolated and we start making wrong choices. Wow. But how are you getting these statistics? Are you just going through the death records or, or how, how do you know these things? Uh, I found uh, uh, some stats on the Leon County and through the sheriff's oh, really? department. Really? Yes, sir. Uh, do you know uh, Rosalind Topkins? No, I do. Okay. Well, you've probably seen her on television. She, she has this saying, she says, as long as there's breath in my body, there's hope. Yeah. Okay. Amen. Well, I've had her on the show, and uh, she refers to herself as being a hopologist. And she, uh, no, 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 literally, now, I, I, I kind of wondered about it too, but she's very serious about this. She actually had a, a designation, I think it's April, as the National Month of Hope. So I asked her, I said, well, what's this all about? She says, well, there's a crisis of hope in America. Yeah, there is. And I said, well, what do you base that upon? And she said, just look at the suicide rate. Mm -hmm. And boy, when she said that, 
but she got my attention. A crisis of hope. And when you are, like I say, if you're confined, like you're talking about, they can't go places, can't go to, out and do what I normally do. People are not coming to see me. You're right. Loneliness is a... I remember when I first went in the, in the military. And, of course, uh, you know, you you have left your home. Right. <laughs> you're in a place which you've never been. You don't know anybody. And I said to myself, then, and this is... Uh, 45 more or years ago, I said, I would rather be hungry than lonely. Amen to that. And I remember that. So when I was just a young man at the time, but I realized what that felt like. Of course, fortunately, uh, things changed. And uh, uh, I, I, I laugh at it now. I mean, I stepped off an airplane on August 28th, 1971 in Pensacola, Florida. Didn't know a soul. And now I'm married, have a family and You're have right. a church. <laughs> I mean, all those things have happened since then. But I, I know that feeling. So you take that. Somebody has become older. Maybe they're they're having health issues. Yeah, I can see what you're talking about there. I mean, right. That crisis of hope is yeah. a very serious thing. We've had some staggering things happen in our community. I, I know the past year, an 11-year-old committed suicide. Oh, wow. And when you think of that kind of desperation, that kind of isolation, it, it is a very unholy, uh, unhealthy thing. Uh, people need to be in, an, in interacting with one another. And, and in reality, that is the power of the church. We, we gather together. And okay. part of the power of the church is we gather. Yeah. And unfortunately, we often don't know what's going on in somebody else's heart and mind. And, and you, something like this happens, you say, well, only if I had I known. Right. And, and you may know them. You may have had conversation with them, but we don't often go very deep in our conversations right. with people. So I heard the testimony of a young man the other day. Uh, he since passed away. Uh, Terry Cobus was his name. His father came to our church for a while, and he told me that he's sitting in a restaurant here in town, and a guy walked in, and uh, Terry greeted him, kind of encouraged him, talked about his day and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, Terry uh, ended up dying of brain cancer. And uh, a a year or so later, this man was teaching a class at Tyndall Air Force Base. And he began to tell the story. You know, I walked in that coffee shop to buy the last cup of coffee And I met this guy, and he cheered me up, and he gave me hope with a conversation. Wow, wow. Little did he know, Terry Cobus' sister was in the services and was taking that class. And she says, describe that man to me. (laughs) And it turned out to be her brother. Is that right? So just just a little conversation <laughs> yeah. changed somebody's future. Right, right. And and he led him to Christ yeah. and uh, gave him hope for tomorrow. And, you know, life is hard. Yeah. But see, what you have just described there is compassion because right. he had compassion. And it's amazing how that can change so many things. Um just to love people. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, the scripture talks about the love and the unlovely. Yeah. Uh, I have found that there's a lot of people uh, that are not lovely. <laughs> and uh, the thing is that we often don't want to in- encounter somebody that's unlovely. But, no. But they need, and if we have the gospel, then, then we have what can deliver people. But we have to have compassion. We want to take the time and the effort and the patience to, to as Jesus said, sow the seed. Right. Which is the, just the word, just putting the word in somebody's heart. But because often we're indifferent, or maybe sometimes we're just discouraged. We don't, we don't realize how powerful what we have is. Right. And so we just let it pass. Yeah. And then you hear about, well, somebody did something like that, and then it just, it just breaks your heart. You say, well, what could I have done? Well, maybe we did have the tools. We just didn't do it. Right. <laughs> so I close. Uh, it's a pretty habit. And this is a habit of mine. Every service, I close with this little line, love one another boldly. Wow. And uh, it's kind of like 
the habit of my life, but people have adapted to it. Oh. And, and they always say, I go love one another and everybody shouts boldly. And the reason I do that, I learned a long time ago. You know, I may not have the opportunity to love you today, so I'm going to love you today. Wow. Because life is short. And that's you certain. You never know. Right. I may not have the time or the opportunity to love my wife tomorrow. I'm going to love her the most I can today. Ooh. I may not have the opportunity. That's powerful now. <laughs> uh, to, to, to take care of my children tomorrow, I'm going to love them boldly today. And if somehow we can get that into our heart, that, you know, we don't have the promise of tomorrow. No. All we have is today. All we have is the right now. The things that bother us probably aren't going to bother us as much. And our job, our response as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ is to love people that God has placed in our lives. Mm. I mean, Jesus, Jesus said it first, yeah. you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Right. It's it's almost impossible to love your neighbor unless you first love the creator. And, and Jesus sets that the scripture sets that priority. And one of the things sociologists tell us is you become what you worship. If, if you're a scientist and you worship science, you're going to become just all into the science of everything. If you worship God, a God who says, I am love, and the scripture declares his love, that he sent his only begotten son to, to die for our sins as a demonstration of that love, to know him. And the second commandment, Jesus said, is to love your neighbor as yourself. Right. There's something powerful when you come in contact with the love of God through his son, Jesus Christ. It gives you a, a new perspective on your own life so that you can begin to share life yeah. in a powerful way of giving, of serving, of loving those whom God puts into your life. See, I call that the true born again experience. Yes. Because I've, I've questioned that in, in the third chapter of John. And, and, and what I saw, I said, basically, when, when Jesus said to Nicodemus, he said, you are a ruler of the Jews. You don't know this. <laughs> you know, to be born again is to, to become spiritually aware. Right. And, and uh, when you become spiritually aware, you cease to be controlled by your carnal side and you're led by your spiritual side. And right. all those things that you just described, that's what happens. Yeah. And, and your, your love for people. All those things are all given to us by the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. But if you don't even know the Holy Spirit and you don't even know that you're even spiritual yourself, then you're certainly not going to access what the Holy Spirit can do through you. That's right. So yeah. that, that, that awareness that happens, which I believe is a miracle. Yeah. And I believe it's one of the greatest miracles. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and, and one of the saddest things that can happen to a person is to waller in the trouble. Yeah. And uh, if you wallow in the trouble, you just dig a deeper pit. And you get. It's almost like you just took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> no, I'm serious. This, this, today, those same thoughts were, were in my mind. It's yeah. like God must be moving today in the Holy yeah. Spirit. <laughs> so, and, and the pit gets deeper and deeper yeah. the more you think about it. And, and the way out of that pit is to find someone else you can help, someone else you can care for. And, and that, the joy of helping somebody else, the fulfillment in your own heart of helping somebody else will create a climate in your own heart that helps you to realize, I can overcome this. Right. right. This doesn't have to be my yeah. life. Yeah, see, my thought today was that when it, the scripture says, for in this world you shall have tribulation, trouble. Mm -hmm. And what we do oftentimes when we have trouble, we, we try to deal with our trouble from our carnal side, which only gives us more trouble. <laughs> and that's true. Because whenever we take things in our own flesh, we, we begin to deal with them. It usually leads to more trouble. And yeah. the only way we, we cease the trouble is when we realize that we can uh, embrace this through the work of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He makes the changes, both in whatever you're dealing with and within ourselves, right? which changes everything as far from our perspective. And I'm setting a song up here first. Okay. <laughs> it brings joy. Amen. Joy. And when people lose their joy, then, well, this whole thing, we talk about the crisis of hope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this song is called Joy in the... 
Brothers. That's the Booth Brothers here on the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. Pastor King always likes to get a little Southern Gospel music in the show. And, of course, if you're like me and you love Southern Gospel music, then you're going to want to join me on Saturday nights on 94.1 on your radio dial for a full hour of great Southern Gospel music this Saturday night. Gospel sing. And so make sure you tune into that as well. Um, Brother Larry Perry is my guests here today on the show uh, brother perry that song sounded like a song that you'd hear in a good assembly of god camp meeting somewhere yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's some good good a lot of good music out yes there right yes um, you pastor freedom church what times are services at freedom church uh, we do two services nine and eleven on and uh, on sunday morning uh, they both last about an hour and um, it's a good time a lot of great people and then we do a wednesday night service and we just started back with kids uh, services. Uh, we do a little thing called Rangers, which is Boy Scouts kind of thing in right. the church and missionettes for kind of Girl Scouts looking thing. And then we have a youth group that meets, uh, uh, which is pretty significant. It's a lot of fun. And yeah. uh, then we do an adult Bible study in the sanctuary. Okay. Thomasville Road. Uh just if you're heading toward the interstate, you're on the right-hand side. Right. Freedom we're, Church. Yeah. And we're two miles south of the interstate. It's 2801 Thomasville Road. Okay. And uh, it's a good place. A lot of great people yeah. there. And, of course, my church is Freedom Road. And we're at 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We start at 1105 on Sunday mornings. So you got a choice. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and There's uh, a lot of choices out there. And uh, also, this show will be on podcast. If you'd like to listen to it again or share it with a friend, show number one. Thousand and nine. If you want to find it there, uh, probably next week. Sometimes it'll show the show that we generally air it first, and then it goes on the podcast. So if anybody wants to tune in, they can do that on the podcast. Also, um, don't forget my good friend Robin Feesmeyer, Triple A Constant Comfort. He's been helping me do this show since the very beginning. And wow. he does heating and air, and he does a good job. And eight nine three nine five six six. I always like to mention him because, my goodness, he's done so many things to help us <laughs> to keep everything running. Air conditioning and heating has a big yes, deal in the is. church. It really yeah. is. People don't like to be hot. They don't like to be cold. Yeah. <laughs> so, and also my house. He's he's helped me with my house. So, good guy. If you need a new unit, call him. Get the other one repaired. Call him eight nine three nine five six six. Brother Larry Perry, it's always good to have you here because you give me insight into things. Oh, well, God bless you. Thank you. You're very encouraging. Uh, well, it, my heart. You, you leave me thinking. Oh. And, I, and I like to, to have things that challenges my, my mind. And of course, uh, as we look at life as we know it today in, in, in the COVID world, and like I say, church has become a different experience. Uh, the gentleman I had in my church uh, a few weeks ago speaking, he's talking about, he said that. Nowadays, when people are looking for a church, they go online first. Yes. And uh, if you don't have an online presence, then you're probably not going to be a part of whoever they may want to go visit. They want to visit you on, online first. Well, that really got me thinking after he, after he said that. And uh, he's a... Uh, uh, Involved. I mean, he's a, over several churches, so I'm, I'm assuming he knows what he's talking about. Because we've talked about a little bit here on right. the show about mm-hmm. your your technology, and you have people in your churches helping you do this, right? And uh, like I say, we're we're a little late to the party, but we're going to get there. <laughs> and you know what? And that's the important thing. Yeah, get yeah. there. Yeah, and the thing about it is that it's another way to reach people with the gospel, right? And uh, I don't know, uh, you know, uh, Wayne Cadere on a sudden. He 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 spoke at, at a graduation at Southeastern, so I thought you okay. might have it. Anyway, he has a saying. He says, "Hard times are good times for the gospel." Yes, that's correct. Yeah, I and, believe that. Yeah, because people who, well, it's kind of like this: if you're going through life and everything's just hunky dory and there's no problems, you're not going to think about anything. It has to do with your spirituality, because especially when you're young, because when you're young, you just assume you're going to live forever. But when trouble comes, then that's when people begin to say, hey, wait a minute, what about this whole thing about finding God in my life? Right. And so it's an opportunity to to share faith to people and to bring hope that we've talked about here on the right. show. 
in any way that God gives us the opportunity to do so, and it be online or be it in present. Now, uh, as I've told the folks that we mentioned, you're a part of the Assembly of God organization. Is it affected that as far as uh, what the organization is doing? Uh, well, each state has been different how they've handled well, I'm COVID. Sure, yeah. And, uh, you know, significantly, some states, I was talking to uh, a missionary who's from Southern California, they haven't been able to meet in church yeah. since COVID. Yeah. Now, there have been some pastors out there who have just, that we're going to meet. Right. And they've, you know, they've had a battle, which is sad in a lot of ways. Uh, and the part of the problem is we have so much information and misinformation. I don't know what to believe anymore. You know, and that's very hard. It's true. It's uh, true. You know, a study just happened in the Midwestern state in outdoor sports because everybody was afraid of outdoor sports. Well, they've come to the conclusion COVID doesn't affect the children in outdoor store sports. And I think, you know, my grandson, he lost a year of baseball because right. of COVID yeah. and he could have played. Yeah. And there's a lot of things we've missed out on. Right. But we can't dwell on what we've missed. I think it's important for us to create opportunities and enjoy what we can do tomorrow and today. So we, you know, the Bible talks about season the moments. Right. And right. we have to learn to do that. And yeah. right now is a great moment for the church. But I have heard about in some of the Western states that they're having uh, huge successes in outdoor rallies. I mean, are you, are you familiar with this? I, I'm not. No. Well, and again, I'm, I'm not an expert on it. I've just, just seen different things. Uh, I guess. On Facebook, I guess, is where, yeah. and my wife was telling me some of it. The people who are actually putting together large outdoor events and having success, right? And 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 I guess that's a that's an option right. because they say that it's not spread as much outside, right? And I know that uh, even when uh, during the the presidential campaign, President Trump, he would have a lot of his things at the airports. Because they were outside, and supposedly that was helping to keep the spread down as such. And then, of course, we we just had a whole season of NFL football. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, somehow or another, I know they had different people who did contact the virus at times, but they were able to get through a whole season with it. So that tells us something. I mean, right. we're learning. So, uh, like for in California, they could, in most of well, Southern California especially, they could do out. Yeah. events i mean yeah. of course you don't know and i don't know what, right. whether we did a couple outdoor events drive-in services right. at the church and they were very successful and they worked pretty good um and i think what we have to do is be created enough to be flexible enough right to create opportunities for people to connect with god and um you know so it's a great opportunity for the church if we can Think in different ways. Now, did you do the the thing where they were tuned into uh, the radio? radio. They had we had it both ways. They yeah. could listen or they could tune into the radio. Yeah, you know, yeah. when that that happened, people were telling me about this. I thought to myself, now, way back in nineteen, let's see, this would have been seventy two or seventy three. We were doing a, an Easter sunrise service. Do you know much about Pensacola? You know where the bluffs do, are? Yeah, you know, I do. Yeah. Highway. Uh-huh. I, I, I got out there and stood up on this little peak that was like a, a cavern between our, our, our golf. And I stood out there. And this guy had this little bitty microphone. It was just this little tiny thing. He had got it in Japan. He, he was in the <laughs> was Navy. And he right. got it in Japan. And that thing, I stood out there on that little peak out there. And people could tune in their radio. This was in 19. <laughs> I was so far ahead of the curve. Yeah. Yeah, you were. <laughs> with that thing. And so when this started coming back, I said, man, I'm, I'm way ahead of this thing. Of course, I, I don't have that microphone anymore. But right. that's what happened. Right. And people could just come right on up. Now, we tried this at our place at Freedom Road. But uh, we're on Capitol Circle. <laughs> Yeah. And then there's no yard. It's just a parking lot there. Right. It didn't work real well for us because right. of the noise, which yeah. <laughs> traffic uh, sliding by. So, you know, Paul talks about making the gospel attractive. Uh-huh. And I don't know that the church has done that very well. And uh, there's a couple of ways we can make it attractive. Uh, and mostly people 
are attracted to people. Uh-huh. And if we can be friendly, right, it goes a long way. Essential. It's very essential. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just being a friend to somebody. Yeah. yeah. I visited a church. Uh, I won't tell you where it is or whatever. It was not hit me that long ago. And uh, I went in. I sat down in the sanctuary. And it was like about a half an hour before service started. And I'm sitting there. And people are sit- sitting around talking in the sanctuary. And nobody... Yeah. Nobody. I'm thinking somebody. And I hate to say this, but even the pastor walked right past me. <laughs> nobody would even speak to me. And I'm going, no, no, this this is just not the way this is supposed to be. So finally, I just turned around and started talking. These two ladies were sitting behind me. They were talking. I just interrupted the conversation. Well, then once I did that, everybody wanted to talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I had to break the ice. Yeah. It shouldn't be that way. No. You're the guest. You <laughs> right, should uh, right, have right. a place there. But you're right. Uh, friendliness is a very important element of church life and presenting the gospel. Yeah, that's right. Because for what I understand, I, I haven't had this experience much because I've been a pastor most of my life, but going into a new church is difficult. Yes. That's what they tell me. Because you're breaking, you're breaking ground here. You're you're walking into an environment that you're not comfortable with. That you know, see, so like for you, who you're probably pretty outgoing, that wouldn't bother you at all, would it? Uh, no, not normally. Yeah. No, it wouldn't bother. And me. It, and it wouldn't me either. But I <laughs> but I try to think in terms of the person who has never been in church. Right. 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 Of and course. How, what's it feel like for them to walk through the yeah. door? How would they exp- sense what's going on? And we want to make it as easy for them as we can. That's correct. That's that's the whole point right. of it. Okay? Yeah, that's what you would hope. Yeah. Right. So so that's one that you've talked about here as far as uh, us making right. it attractive. What are some of the other things? I, I think, uh, you know, uh, wanting them to be there. Do they feel when they walk out the door, did, did the church want them there? Do they sense I belong here or huh. they wanted me. They cared about me. Care goes a long way. I, the other thing that goes a long way is cleanliness. Uh, the bathrooms and all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. I was pleased to know that uh, people determine whether they're going to come back to a church within the first 10 minutes before they hear the preacher speak. So, uh, <laughs> taking the pressure off of you. That's <laughs> right. Uh, a little bit. Because it, typical church people want what they see on TV on Sunday morning in their local church. And we have gotten better at presenting on the local level. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the church is the church. Right. And God loves the church. And, uh, you know, there have been times when I've heard people talk about the church and it made me mad because it is God's bride. Right. And I love the church because God loves the church. And I love the God's people. Right. And I love people who I meet. And that love has got to be displayed. I mean, it is the one thing Jesus said. They're going to know you are my disciples by your love. Wow. Not your theological expertise and not how great a building you have, but your love one for another. And we don't display that love very well. And I think we can do that in several ways. Number one, care for the hurting. Uh, Care for those who are walking through hard times, whether it be medical or children or things that are happening in their life. We got to create a care system that says we love people. And I think. I think our worship has a lot to do with that, making God attractive. Uh, you know, worship is a huge, a huge thing, music. Uh, I was li- reading the story of Fanny Crosby the other day, and here's a lady who wrote over 9,000 hymns. Really? I knew she wrote a lot, but not 9,000, that's a lot. Listen, she had to write, and this is one thing I learned in that thing, is she had to write and use alias names so all the hymn books wouldn't be all her songs. Really? Even though they were all her songs. Because <laughs> they knew if all what she a, knew, what amazing all the songs gift. were hers, they weren't going to put them in, all in there. Wow. It's just amazing just to read her story about what God did through her and the songs she produced out of 
out of inspiration. She just had this gift of poetry. And I, when I look at the songs that are coming out of a new generation that's coming up, they're pretty powerful and they have some depth to them. And they're not, uh, they're not all testimony songs. Uh-huh. You know, he touched me and all. that's wonderful, but they really bring glory and honor to God. And it's amazing some of the stuff that's coming out of the church right now musically, the creativity and the, the wonder of it and the majesty of God being declared through song. I'm excited about that right? Uh, because there are a few things that happen in the midst of revival. If you've studied revival, it, it, it begins with prayer and then it flows into music and then it begins to be displayed in the transformation of people's lives. Historically, that's how it's happened. And, uh, if the church can get back to praying, uh-huh. you know, and praying for one another and praying for revival and praying for God's intervention, and then that'll transform into a, a new sense of gathering. I think one of the s- crazy statistics that come to mind right now is George Bonner's, Barna has done some studies that uh, Christians right now are two out of four Sundays a month are coming to church. Really? That's the average. Uh, A few years back, it was three Sundays out of four, and now we're gravitating toward two Sundays out of four. Of course, with COVID, I've had people who've been out of church for a year and a half. messes up the whole scale. messes up the whole pie. (laughs) But when Christians think that church is just optional, right, why should the unbeliever come? Oh, my. And, and really, part of what God is calling the church back is to, I think, is to reclaim the sacred places. Yeah. And part of those sacred places, one of them is worship. Yeah. I mean, the writer of Hebrews says, forsake not the assemblings of yourself to come, uh, to gather. And then he tacks on this thing, because the Lord's coming soon. Um, you know, it's all about the coming of the Lord. When God comes back, he's looking for a gathered people. Right. And the thing about it is that the worship, it does, it's not always related to what type of song it is. It's a condition of the heart. That's people, right. People can worship with all kinds of music, but it's got to be music that is, gives the people the opportunity to worship. Right. And, uh, so. I love the psalm that says, sing a new song unto the Lord. Right, right, And that new song in Scripture has to do with new victories. Right. If you don't have new victories, you won't have new songs. Wow. and That's powerful. Yes. That's that's one of the things that causes me to want to, I'm going to think on that a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah. So new victories create new songs. I mean, look at the Old Testament. David brings the ark into Jerusalem and he's dancing before the Lord and the music is and and there's new music happening. But you have to that give victory. opportunity to hear the testimonies in order for it to, to have that effect. You know, as people share what's, right. what's happening in their lives as far as how the music and the word as it comes forth. Because I, I believe that both of them uh, is very important to, into the lives of, of individuals to, to have the word. And then, of course, the music also expresses the words. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I'm, I'm looking at this clock here and it's just ticking away and uh, it's time for us to pray. That's a, it's amazing you, how quickly the time is going. I'm telling you, man, I have enjoyed this conversation. Amen. Thanks for the invite. Amen. I hope the people on there have gained a little bit. I believe so. Yeah. Father, thank you, Lord, for Brother Perry and uh, God, your calling in his life. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to, to be here on the air. Lord, I pray that the conversation will bless people. Father, we give you glory and praise. For your love, we pray over America. Father, yes, we Lord. pray, God, for your kingdom. And Father, Bless we pray for land. peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The prayer has been great to have you on the show. Thank you. And we, we're going to do bless. this uh, sooner. I would than love later. to do it. Because <laughs> yeah. you're just right down the road. You from make here. it easy yeah. for me to have yeah. a conversation. Thank but you. We do appreciate you. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.